fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy and Some Flights podcast. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. And we are here drinking and talking about books, mainly narrator styles tonight. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. before before we get started, uh, what's on your flight? What are you drinking? So tonight I'm drinking Jefferson's Reserve, which is was new to me as of like a couple weeks ago was the first time I tried it. Um, and I, I'm really enjoying it. It's sort of like spicy almost, I would describe it, which like for a bourbon, when I think of spicy... I immediately think that it's going to like burn a lot and that's not quite what it's like it's more like almost candy like but not in like a fireball way not in like an overly sweet way um, but just in a sense that it leaves a really nice aftertaste like you had sipped like like a cinnamon tea or something like that so I'm I'm really enjoying it a lot it's sort of on a little above the price range I would normally get um, but as sort of like a specialty bourbon I'm liking it a lot so uh, yeah that's what I'm drinking what about you Yeah I'm going to have to try that I am drinking a wine that isn't a beer. <laughs> it's it's Radisson de Extra by Dogfish Head. And let me just read you the little description. It says, brewed with an obscene amount of malt, brown sugar, and raisins. <laughs> and, and raisins. That's what, it, that's what I'm reading. I just I haven't had a raisin in a beer before, so that's like... That's a new one for me. Yeah. I mean, typically I'm doing audiobooks, so maybe I'm reading that incorrectly. But <laughs> but yeah, it, you can taste all 16% of this guy. I'm sure I'm sure you can. So if I start slurring towards the end of this thing, I uh, yeah. my bad. Here, hold on. I want to try it. I don't know. A- any beer that has like the word obscene. Give me your whiskey. Yeah, okay. Here you go. Any Here, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Any beer that has the word obscene in it is like worth trying. Oh my God. That is a lot of alcohol. <laughs> that is like tasting a wine. To be fair, yours is a lot of alcohol as well. Well, yeah, but it's like a lot less. <laughs> it's like all concentrated into like just a couple. Of I ounces. got twelve ounces of this bad boy. Well, eleven and a half ounces of this bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually can taste raisins, though. I like. I honestly, I wasn't really expecting that, but no, yeah, I can taste raisins. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. It's been a while for a while. I think I looked it up. It said it was like came out in like two thousand two. Okay. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not smooth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's not an apt word, no. But it is, uh, how do we say this? Uh, uh, effective. Yeah, it's effective. It's effective. It is efficient. Yeah, it's um. But it, yeah, it reminds me of like like raisins and oatmeal or something like that. Like that's the aftertaste that that I have, which is actually like pleasant. Like it's nice as an aftertaste. But when I was tasting it, I was like, that's really strong. <laughs> I don't like that. And I feel like Dogfish's head like goal is to just get a high score on the APV track. That's like, right. Yeah. Like you're just going like sixteen percent. They got the one twenty minute. Yep. Which is. 40-44? Yeah. No, it's not that high, but <laughs> it's high. So before we get into our icebreaker, anything going on in the in the fantasy realm of Dalton? First of all, I just, like the other day, I finished the Lightbringer series. So I finished um, the fifth book, and, and I really I really do recommend that series. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, we talk about like, like hard to soft magic, and that series I think does a really good job of, because um, we talked about that in episode four of our podcast differences in hard to soft magic and kind of like the pluses and minuses there i think that's a series that kind of takes the both the best of both systems and implements them pretty pretty seamlessly and that kind of carried into like the end of it which i thought was an interesting way to write it is that he sort of started with like hard magic to like get a a reader interested and hooked and then over the course of the books like actually drifted a little bit more soft to like bring in mysticism which was just an interesting like i mean most people don't do that most people don't trend that way on the spectrum 
Yeah, that's interesting. I I'm still in the hard magic part of that series yeah. because I'm I I started the third book, but then I kind of dropped it. And maybe I was just I need I wanted something that I didn't really have to pay attention to. So I'm yeah, that's I'm the book you got to pay attention to. <laughs> yeah, I am actually now into a Storm of Swords in the Song and Ice, or oh, the Song nice. of Ice and Fire series. So yeah. which is if you listen to episode two, which is in my top five. Yeah, and so I mean we're we're in the thick of it right now. So oh those those books are so good, and I think they'll be popping up. Yeah, here. For sure, for sure. One of the other things that we kind of discussed earlier this week is Sanderson put out a release date for Rhythm of War. Yeah, yeah, he did. And also the time that the audiobook is going to be. Do you remember how long it's going to be? I do. And yeah, and so Rhythm of War, which is, is the fourth book in the Stormlight Archives series, right? Which which makes an appearance at least on your So top. good. Yeah, yeah, which makes an appearance on your top five. The audiobook was like, 55, 55 yeah, and a down. half hours or something like that. I mean, it was a ridiculous length for an audiobook. It's like, okay, that's like, I would have to sit down and listen for two and a half days <laughs> of just sitting and listening to finish that book. Which is like really convenient because I have about that much time of vacation left that's not <laughs> allocated. And I was thinking like, you know, I, it's been a while since I finished the third book. This will be the fourth. And so I was like, I'm probably going to want to like at least read the third book. But honestly, I'm going to want to reread the whole series because like the first two are probably my favorites. But that means I have to like, I was like looking, I was like, okay, it's a November release date. So backtracking, like when do I have to start the series so that I'm ready when the book releases to start listening to it? So I mentioned to you in passing, they actually, on Reddit, they are doing two read-alongs right before that that, that book comes out. So they're doing a read-along through the Stormlight Archive series. But then a, another one of the Reddits, I think it's the R Cosmere or whatever, yeah. is doing a read-along throughout the entire Cosmere series. Mm-hmm. So starting with Elantris, which is like one of his first books, and progressing all the way through the Stormlight Archives. You know, and I kind of want to do that, but I also have things that I have to do in my life. I know, I know. And it's like there's so much other like good fantasy to read. But yeah, like what a cool concept. Other authors have, have done that. Terry Pratchett's like, you know, Discworld and, and that sort of thing. But but the Cosmere is, is Sanderson's universe that... Not all of his books, but several of the, series. the majority of his the books. majority or I think seven. like the uh, the the Reckoners, which is like the Steelheart, is not is that, not. I think Sky, is it Skyward the the book yeah. is not this, in his there. New one, yeah, it's like, kind of young adult. It's really good. It is really good. Yeah, yeah. That that, that one's coming out soon. Actually, the, the next yeah, one. it is. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how far along they are in the Stormlight Archives? Like read along on Reddit. I I know they've started. Okay. But it it would be easy to catch up, especially with how much we listen to podcasts. For sure. And I was kind of thinking that like we we both if you're we we recommend we recommend the Stormlight Archives as a re, as a book to get into for hard magic systems, right? But it's also like well in it's very complicated. Like it, it's it's down the spectrum on in terms of like intensity, in terms of size and complexity of the book. It's it's out there. Um so if you haven't read it, this is a really good opportunity to jump on Reddit and read along with that group just because like if you're reading it by yourself, it's kind of difficult because like we read it at the same time. Yeah, it's daunting. Uh, We read it at the same time so we could bounce off of each other. Um, But if you haven't read it, this may be a good time for you to like check that out and kind of read along with them. Yeah, because every week they set out, we're going to read chapters X to Y and then the discussion board on Reddit is what happened, kind of digesting what happened in those chapters and then you know bouncing ideas and theories and everything off so i mean it For just sure. sounds kind of, i've just been reading the the boards without actually reading the book yeah yeah yeah. just because i'm like oh yeah that did happen and i need to reread this because i don't remember anything that happened in this I know, series i know but i mean it yeah to go off your point it's great so it's so, such a good series yeah so the the other thing is we just kind of we got back from universal yep where we went to harry potter world harry potter world go team so <laughs> <laughs> So Dalton and I are both Ravenclaws. 
shoot yes. us shoot us a, uh, a a message somewhere and let us know your house because we will judge you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so we we had both been to the Islands of Adventure side of Universal, which is where they have the Hogwarts. Right, and Hogsmeade and, side. And yeah. Hogsmeade. Yeah. And, and that, that's a really good side. But for the first time, we actually went over to the other side, which is, I think it's just called Universal. Like, they don't have a clever name for right, it. Right, right. But they had... Or maybe it's Universal Studios or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something, yeah. something like that. But they had the uh, they had Diagon Alley. Yeah. But you had to, like, the, the way that it's set up, you have to, like, walk through, like, this... Not like a maze, but like walk around this brick wall. Yeah, and it's supposed to be like the bricks, right? Yeah, right, dissolving back. But it was really funny when we first walked up, and we're like, "This is super lame," because <laughs> all that's there is like the night, the night bus, right? That's yeah, it. night bus and Grimold Place. In Grimold Place is all that's there, and you're like, "Well, this is kind of like okay." I mean, I guess, but like, where's everything? And then you like, but then it's so thematic, right? And, and it's so cool. I actually stood there for, I don't know, probably like ten seconds, ten mm-hmm. fifteen seconds, mm-hmm. just like waiting for people to walk through and just hear them like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Because you walk in and there's a giant dragon sitting on top of Green Gods at the end of the alley. Yeah. I, I mean, it's so well done. If you yeah. have not been there, it, it is so worth going there. Yeah, that is that. the top, like, and, and I, I, I love Disney World. I'm, I, I've been to all the parks in Disney World. You know, I, I love theme parks like that, right? That, that are taking a theme and like applying it and kind of immersing you. That moment of walking through the brick wall is the best one. It is the most immersive moment because you walk through and you you feel the wonder of like the shot when Harry walks through that same wall and he like sees Diagon Alley for the first time, right? And there's all these like magic shops and he's like, whoa, this is the culture that I like belong to or whatever. Like you walking through that brick wall, you feel that same way because everyone there is a super Harry Potter nerd, and then, right? And you can you can buy your wands and, and there's yeah, you're right. There's the dragon and, and the and the the bank and Gringotts Bank and everything, and it's just like it is a sight to take in for sure. Yeah, and one of the one of the people in our party actually they they do a show in Ollivanders where you you go in and they put everyone in and so they pick someone out of the crowd and w- and one of our friends got yeah. got picked yeah. and and she you know they brought her up and she they tried different wands and they did the whole bit they pulled down the wand yeah. oh no 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 not that one not that one and yep. she made it rain it, it was yeah it, it was just a really cool experience and I mean like. Like I think you said, it, that's a guaranteed sell. Yeah, it's a guaranteed <laughs> sell of the wand because those are custom wands. Yeah, and so you know, she—I don't know if they're unique, but they—they right. they are different. Right. So it's just like a really, really cool, and it was just like fun to see her do that for sure. Um, yeah. and yeah. can we just talk about Hagrid's ride? Oh my goodness! So I don't want to spoil it because you have—if—if if you go. I don't care how long that wait is. You sit in that line and ride that roller coaster. You ride Hagrid's, yeah. It, it's not. I wouldn't say it's a thrilling roller coaster. No, it's not intense. No, there's no upside down. You yeah. know, you're only you're held in by like a lap bar. So just to give like a bit, you don't have like a shoulder harness. It's not that intense of a ride. There, there's not really any major drops or anything. No. But it, I mean, oh, it, it is it is so cool because you have one person sitting like on the motorcycle and then one person is sitting in the sidecar. Yeah, yeah. And you you know you're you're driving around and they do a good job of making you i felt like i was away from the park yeah absolutely so yeah. you're kind of out in like the woods and it, it literally feels like you're flying and right which is the theme is that you're flying through like the woods right, right. and so um and like i have never been on something like when i saw it i'll be honest when i saw the train car for the first time i was like oh okay like it's on a bike and there's a sidecar like that's kind of cute or whatever right but like i got in and i got to ride the motorcycle and like so you like i said you're held in by like a lap bar 
um, which means that then the motorcycle, you can grab the handles. You kind of like lean forward and grab the handles. And at first it's kind of like, oh, this is kind of cheesy. But dude, as soon as that ride starts and you, I mean, because you can't see the heart, you know, your chest isn't held in. You can't see the harness that's holding your legs in. You feel like you're on a motorcycle. And like, that was such a thrilling experience to hold onto the handlebars and take the turns. Like, oh, I loved it. And I, all I will say is that that roller coaster did some things that I've never seen a roller coaster do. Yep. And yep. And at the end, they, they actually, I don't know if you were able to hear the speaker. They actually say, you know, we would appreciate it if you don't tell any of your friends about this. Kind of like in Haggard's right. voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. we're not going to say anything, <laughs> but go, like, it go something that is completely unique, and you will love it. Yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely. It, I mean, it's fantastic. So uh, let's move into the icebreaker question. For sure. I, uh, it's your week? Yeah, yeah it's my week. It's cool. my week. So I have a question. Um, we've done this before, but I think this is the most unfair question that I, at least that I've come up with. I love it already. I can yep. see editing in my future. Yes. <laughs> so my question, I want you to pick a book from your top five and suggest an improvement for it. And I like, I have been thinking about this question for a long time and I've only recently come up with an answer for it, which I like. I like my answer. Does suggesting that... That you finish the series count? No. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> No, that doesn't count. <laughs> the funny thing about that is I almost included that in the question. <laughs> I almost said, and you can't. And I was like, no, let's wait and see. <laughs> let's wait and see if he tries it. And if he does, I'm going to call him on it. So you I'm glad you, that I got you, to call you, you on You know it. me too well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, no, that, that one's actually not fair at all. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm excited to hear your answer. And so, again, this is just off the cuff, and I will change my answer about three weeks from now. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a chance to, when we edit the podcast. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah I, will, I, I will go, and I will issue an apology on Twitter, and I, <laughs> I, will, I will change my answer. But, okay, so The, the Wise Man's Fear is, mm-hmm. is my, my number one book. Yep. Right? So it's perfect. So I'm not going to pick that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, no, no. The, so The Wise Man's Fear, the one thing that I wish and what I hope we get in the, the third book is more the present day. Yeah. I, I hesitate in saying this because I do really enjoy the mysticism that is. We don't actually know what is going on with Kavos' life right, right now. And I, I, I kind of like that. But then again, I want to know more. And since it's taken him like 10 years to write the third book. Yeah. You know, you know, this is my cop-out answer. I'm not allowed to say just finish the series. Yep. <laughs> but I, 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 I kind of am going to say like, you know, I, I'm okay with that book being, you know, a couple chapters longer and then flesh out kind of the in and like yeah a couple of the weird things i'm not i'm not going to kind of go into it but there there are some weird thing unexplained things that are happening in current day and and just for like a recap the wise man's fear is this this amazing godlike character is retelling his story to a bard that has come through the end that the the kavoth the godlike character is now running right and so weird things are kind of happening. He, he's not able to do all of his magic. And so just a little bit more fleshed out on that, I think would be really, really cool. And also make me want to want the third book even more than I already do. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll fix that answer later. <laughs> what about yeah, you? I just want to comment on that real quick. Cause I do think that's a really fairly intelligent answer because the pacing of the first two books does sometimes feel a little bit off, especially like again we don't measure things in page numbers we measure them in hours of audiobook right but like the first book is something like on the 25 to 30 hour range and the second book is something like 40 something like this like wise man's fear is much longer than name of the wind yeah, like time I, and I, a half again kind yeah of thing. i think it's like yeah about time and a half. yeah yeah and so 
when I when I I've thought of that too of like you probably could have pulled because basically in the second book it feels like we're still like we're still in the growing action part right we're, we're still like figuring out all the problems and like none of them have been explained and none of them have been solved yet it's gonna be a hell of a third book it's, it's a hell of and that's why I think maybe it's taken him so long is because he like by the nature of the writing he's forced to do it in one book he can't do it in two but like it's too much you know he he left himself kind of maybe too much to try and wrap up in one book it better be a sixty five hour audio book sixty five that's what I'm hoping for yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I was looking it up. Lay Miz is is a book, right? Okay. It's also a play. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. Butcher. I just now learned that's a book. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, <laughs> but the audio book is like eighty hours long or something. Oh my goodness! It, it's like I like thought I like looked Do at it. Do they sing the songs? <laughs> they better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I I looked it up one time, and then I was just like, I don't. I don't want to do that. Though. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, I was reading some reviews, and, like, it's not actually that great. So. Oh, okay, well, that makes that decision for us then. Uh, although, you know, we're, like, sitting here like, dude, you know what you guys should read? <laughs> Stormlight Archives, 55-hour book. You know, like, just just buckle in, you know. So maybe we shouldn't complain, I guess. So to be fair, the Red Rising series does do the songs. So yeah. Maybe Les Mis does. Yeah, I don't it know. can't be done. Yeah. It can't be done. Yeah, they got Anne Hathaway. Yeah, no, I don't know. Probably not. Anyway, um, so my answer to my own question. Again, I had to... Th- I had to th- I'm... I'm I'm impressed with you thinking that quickly on your feet because I had to think about this question for a long time. So, but interestingly enough, I also chose my number one book. Um, so I chose Ender's Game. Maybe we're just like critical of the things we love. I don't know. I'm critical of you all the time. So I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> Stop stealing my jokes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> got him. The um, Ender's Game. I get, and, and this is actually a problem across like Orson Scott Card, unfortunately, who writes Ender's Game, is that like the adults are like totally incompetent. And I, I get really frustrated with that. Like, like I love Ender as as like a character, but it, you get the feeling that like Ender and like Ender's friends are like the only competent characters like out there at all. All of the adults are just like screwing everything up. And I, I don't know. I, it just like irks me in some way where it's like it's done a little too far. It's like done to make a point. It's done to be a contrast between to like highlight how intelligent Ender and the children are. But it's done again to a point where you're like, why are there all these oafs running around like trying to save the world? Like, why isn't why isn't at least one person like a competent military commander? You know, so it's just like a, a quirk of mine. I think the book could have accomplished everything it did if it didn't have like this like trope of like the big dumb white man who's like running the military and like can't get anything right. So that's my complaint about that book. That's how I would want it to be improved. The the other complaint that I have about Orson Scott Card is that he does well. My Let's, how, do, how do we do this? You say something good, and then you complain. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like the burger model or sandwich yeah, model or whatever. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So the good thing is he is really good at writing first books. <laughs> the rest of the series is always kind of rough. Yeah, um, unless it's titled Ender's Shadow. The rest of the series is really rough, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, that, I mean, that's a great answer, right? So yeah, and, and this is kind of going kind of, it's a good bridge to our next topic, which is, is narration yeah. styles. And so what I'm wondering is, is that exaggerated because the the narrator that Ender's Game and Ender's Shadow is told from is kind of that from one person's point of view? And is that just how, because it's told from super intelligent people, right? is that almost like that's how they envision the leaders? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, just something to... That is something to think but about. But anyways, good segue, right? So yeah, narration styles. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so today's episode, we want to talk about like how to tell a story, right? And this is a concept I think we first highlighted in the top five books topic, um, where we realized like, oh yeah, Game of Thrones is told from this narration style that I that I really like and respect. But neither of us, we both pursued engineering. 
right? Which means that we did not get a liter like a literature or literary training at all. We have no idea about book terms and stuff um, until today. So we 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 kind of decided as this episode, okay, we want to talk about you know, as the reader, I experience a book through the narrator, right? And it's, I can be told through several different lenses, but the, the narrator in whatever style you choose is the lens through which I get to experience the book. And so it can be a strong enough lens where there are books where it's like, I don't want to read that narration style. Like that just irks me, right? Like it just, it rubs me wrong as a reader and I'm not going to touch it. And, and, and I think again, it came up in our like Game of Thrones conversation where it's like, I like that narration style enough to where I actually want to pursue that. I want to know more books that have like that type of narration style kind of thing. Um, so we put this one on the list as something that we wanted to like circle back to, you know, and so we've been researching a little bit. And I'm, I'm excited to talk about it now. The other thing that I, you kind of touched on is that the narrator can really set the tone for the story yeah. because there there are books out there and we'll get into it where the narrator is, you know, the first person is being told by a character in the story. But there's also books out there that the are stories out there that the narrator is almost like a new character in the story yeah. and provides different information and and it sets the tone. So like the yeah. way that the story is written, the way that the, 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 the descriptions that are used by the narrator can right. really make it feel dark, can make it feel lighthearted. And and that's not actually a character, right? So, right. and th- this is kind of told from a, a removed narrator. Yeah. And they, they can really set the tone, which, which I think is kind of interesting. Absolutely. So let's, um, I guess let's go ahead and jump in. First of all, when I, the only like narration before doing like this kind of just like rough research and, and giving us a topic to talk about the only narration that like I had really thought of was like what you learn in like high school or maybe even middle school level like English of right so like first second and third person and then like past and present tense the difference between like I I did something and I am doing something like presently or I do this right as, as a present tense and because like I, I guess stories aren't really told in like a future tense right unless it's like a prophecy or something like that but like the whole book doesn't get told that way maybe like the book of revelations or something i don't know maybe like the only one so i think that's kind of like a good way to for us to walk through is just walking through first person um down into second down into third um the majority of the time i think will be spent in third person because there's multiple different ways that that can be approached it's not just like third person past tense or something like that it's more complicated than that and, and that's kind of where most fantasy lies absolutely yeah yeah most of it lies and especially like the ones that are coming out right now because i think yeah, yeah i'm jumping in the gun but like the third person like you get you get a, a a narrator that knows a lot more than like a first person so you're able to you know build your world you're you're, you're sure. able to do all that so for sure i'll probably cut this out but let's no go. no, no I, th- <laughs> I mean you can do whatever you want you're the editor yeah. um, but i do think that's a really good segue first person um has the the issue well i guess we'll start with the issue of first person right first person has the issue where you are limited to whatever one character thinks and knows right so first char- first person is told but I, again two of my top five books are told from this perspective now it's the five and the four um but red rising is told um from a first person present tense um, because he's he's saying I do this, and he's he's talking about as he active as he actively works through um, his problems and his actions. Where and then the Martian uh, being told from a first person past tense, right? So that's written as like a diary. Um, so he, at the end of the day, he sits down and he writes what he did that day. But it's told from the again, I did this, I thought this, you know, I saw this problem and I reacted to it, kind of thing. So the first person does provide some benefits. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's limited, and so one of the benefits and one of the drawbacks is that it's limited. So like a, uh, I, I, I do think that it, I, I probably relate more to the characters in a first person narrative. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, and you know, first person, like we said is, you know, the, I, me, I did this, right. I did that past tense, present tense. And so the, the, the first person, it, it feels more personal. 
It does, yeah. So, you know, with, with The Martian, you're reading a diary, right? Mm-hmm. Or a video, or uh, what, however it's called, an audio diary, right? Right. So, you know, you, you are kind of experiencing exactly what he does, and it's limited in scope. Now, I don't actually remember, and you're going to have to help me with this. Okay. Does the book have, like, NASA headquarters, like, on yes. Earth? Okay. So, yes, and so, that's told from a third-person limited. So, mm-hmm. that there, and that's another thing that is kind of cool is that, you know, books will dabble in both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. We, it's a good time to talk about it. Yeah, books will bounce between narration styles. And as the reader, you feel that, like, immediately when it happens, right? Um, Ender's Game does the same thing, um, where Ender's Game bounces from... You're, it's, it's again the third person limited but you're basically it's not an i statement but you still know ender's internal monologue and then in different chapters you're just hearing a conversation between two people so the narrative narrative style shifts and you kind of feel it um, but it can be useful because like in in the martian he has to be able to tell the story of what nasa is doing because otherwise like it's just like this one guy on mars and it's really hard to see kind of like the meta story that's going on in the background so it has to be written that way red rising actually really struggles with that because he like he limits himself to only Darrow's experiences, um, so you never see anything that's not Darrow's experience. The only thing you will see is someone telling Darrow what happened somewhere else, right? That's like the extent that you can use another character. So extremely, I mean, I've never written a book, but it must be extremely difficult to write um, because I know when I'm reading it, if it's done really well, it seems flawless, and I feel like I still know what's going on, but I don't know how that's like accomplished with only one character's point of view. Yeah. So my 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 favorite first person, and it does the thing where it jumps back and forth between the first and third person, is Pendragon. Oh yeah, excellent. Yeah. yeah. So Pendragon is a is a book where it's written over ten books, and yep. it's it's this kid who's called a traveler, and he's able to travel yep. to different worlds and different times. And the whole premise of the story is that he travels to a world at what's called a turning point of the world right. where it's either going to go good or bad. And then the, the big bad evil St. Dane is yep. there to try and push it bad. And Pendragon is there to try and push it good. And yep. so, but the way that the book is written is that Pendragon or uh, Bobby Pendragon is the main character. Yeah. What a great last name. And then his first name's Bobby, just by the way, <laughs> oh, yeah. had a quirk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. So <laughs> but so so the book is told from basically two settings. So the first setting is Bobby Pendragon writing his journals to his friends back home. Yep. And he's writing, you know, this is what happened, this is what I'm doing, and you know, he's he's writing and he has this like cool magical ring that he's able to send these stories back to his best friends at home. Right. right. And the other side of that story is Courtney and Mark, they're the characters at home back on what it, what is called second earth um <laughs> and fun fact there is a first earth yes. so this is second earth so what, what's kind of interesting is that you know they they are taking going about their normal day and then all of a sudden you know they get a message from bobby and then typically the ending of the chapters are and then you know a message shows up out of, out of their from bobby and then it segues into the first person past tense where bobby's yeah. writing a journal right and the the other side of the story is told from Courtney and Mark's perspective as a third person. Yeah. And you know they're they're taking they're going to school they're doing whatever they're just waiting for more journals from Bobby to come. Right. And so you know yeah. that hoping the next one comes. Hoping yeah. yeah because I mean if they stop coming then you know Bobby is not doing so great. Yeah. Yeah. And just to plug that series real quick, um, it starts as like a young adult series, so I would akin it to like Percy Jackson, uh, early Harry Potter even, but like 
Bobby starts at 13, I think, and he grows through the books to be like 18 or 19 or something like that by the end of it. Um, so you get the same feeling um, that you get out of like Percy Jackson or that you get out of Harry Potter where you're kind of like growing alongside the main character. And I think first person was a really smart way to write that one because you're like, you know, Harry Potter written from the perspective of Harry, right? Again, you don't have like the I statements. It's, it's still written from a third person. Um, but the fact that you get this like really intimate narrative from someone helps you like identify and grow to love that character. And so I think that's something that first person makes really easy is like, it's just a personal connection that you develop with the character is, is almost immediate because it's like I'm sitting in a room hearing this story from them. The author is DJ McHale. And I, I, yeah. I need to give a, a shout out to him because the other thing that he did is that as Bobby is growing up, his writing style improves. Yeah. Which which is just like a really cool meta thing that's going on, right? So yeah. in, in the first book, it, it's pretty simple. And I think that's actually, you know, one, it, it shows the growth of Bobby Bobby it shows the growth of Bobby Pendragon. That 16% is hitting me. Uh, <laughs> it shows the growth of Bobby Pendragon, but DJ McHale also realizes that his audience is growing. Yeah. yeah. And and so by the tenth book, which was I, I don't know if they were released every year, but right. by, by the by the tenth book. You're, you're able to comprehend more, and so more complex things are going on, and then also the journal entries are getting better. So he's getting better as a writer because, you know, if you practice, you do things more, you're going to get better. And it's just a really, really cool meta thing that happened, like, outside of the actual storyline, but, it, you know, it's still going on as the writing style. Absolutely. So, I mean, I just thought that was good. I uh, I need to reread that one too. I know, I know. And that one, I love rereading that one. I've done it a couple times now. It does take a little while since 10 books, but they're also not like super long. They're on the like 12 to 15 hour range or something like that. One one thing, like I guess just last thing for me that I wanted to say about, that I wanted to say about first person is, and I talk about this in the in top five books, so I don't want to harp on it too much, um, but I think first person can do present tense really well. And the reason I like that is because it, it helps me feel like the characters are not safe because uh, the character is telling me the story in real time. Um, whereas if the character is telling me the story in past, uh, Bobby Pendragon, right? He's always telling the story through a journal, which means he lived to write the journal, right? And so you, you know that he's safe as soon as Mark and Courtney start reading the journal. Red Rising like removes that because it's told in the present tense. I think other perspectives, when you get into like, especially into like third person, is really tough to do from a present tense because it just, for whatever reason, it doesn't really make... It feels clunky. It's like he does this, he does that. I, I, for whatever reason, that is, I, I feel like done less and and doesn't isn't as effective. I'm sure it can be done, but I don't have an example where it is. Yeah, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say that because of the way that the Martian is presented, you actually don't know throughout the book if he survives or not. Yeah, yeah, that's be- because a good point, it's yeah. it's a recording, and so th- this could be NASA going back ten years later and finding these recordings. Yeah, yeah. So. Excellent point. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. So it, it sort of, it, it kind of gets to the best of both worlds then. Yeah, it, it, it kind of mixes technology with that first person narrative to to add to the mysticism of the book. Yeah, yeah. And the Martian will flip to, it's not quite a present tense, but it flips to what is currently happening in certain scenes. Um, like, And it's normally when something goes wrong. And so that he will flip outside of Mark Watney's perspective into like a third person, um, really a third person om- omniscient mostly. And he starts describing like physical events that are happening, and no no character is talking because it's just Mark Watney alone on Mars. Um, but that allows him to add like drama and suspense to him, like like bad things happening to him. I don't want to give spoilers, but bad things happening to him. And so and so that's I, I agree. That's kind of like the way that he's able to. He uses several different narration styles to add suspense just in the ways that he wants, which is really wise. 
So let's move into second person. Uh, we we spent a good amount of time on first person. So yeah. let's move on. We'll to probably s- spend like equally less on second person. Oh yeah, I mean, I I'm I have three sentences about. So yeah, second person. Uh, if you think back to your sixth grade English class, uh, consists of the word you. So it's like the book talking to you. Yeah. So I mean the the best example I can give is not really an example. It's Tom or it's Voldemort's diary. And the second mm. of Harry Potter. I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's eh, whatever. But like, I, I think you said at one point, it's like recipes. Yeah, yeah, recipes. Um, the other, the the best example I can come up with is the Screw Tape Letters uh, by C.S. Lewis. And so that one is written where it, it, it's not the author talking to the uh, the reader, but it, you're intercepting a letter that one character is writing to another character. And you're reading that letter, so it's written as if, and, and in this case, it, it's a, it's an interesting like concept. It's basically like one demon writing to another demon, instructing him how to like tempt the like person that he's assigned to into like sinning or whatever. And so, but he's like this older like mentor level demon, and so he's saying like you should do this, you need to do this, you need to tempt him with that, or make sure that like he doesn't think about this, which is like a good thing. He comes across as second person because he's using the word you. Um, but he's not like speaking directly to the reader because anything that speaks directly to the reader can get a little clunky, you know. Yeah, it's hard to pull off. So I have not read the Screw Tape Letters. I got three credits on Amazon or on Audible. Do you <laughs> recommend me using one of those on the Screw Tape Letters? I, I, yeah, I, I thoroughly recommend that. I mean, it's it's short. It's a pretty so maybe actually you might just want to go get it from a library <laughs> like instead of using an Audible credit on it. Also, that book would be super creepy if somebody read it to you, like because it's just <laughs> creepy in general. It's like a demon talking to another demon about. T- I could only read like a chapter of it a night, and I had to put it down. So it took me a long time to get through just because it was like so dense and so creepy. But yeah, I, I mean, I highly recommend it. It's a, it's a fascinating like. I guess, analysis or, or thought process to go through of like, how might this work? You know, the other, and I have not read one of these books, but just as I was like doing my research, if, if any of our, if any of our listeners were from like a generation above us, they might remember this. You could, you, you could classify a choose your own adventure type book as a, like, as, as a second person. Um, so that, that style of book, I wasn't familiar with it. Um, so if you aren't familiar either, it, it, it's similar to, it, it would be like, I, I read this and the book kind of describes to me like, a like I'd say like a, a murder a murder scene or something like that and so then i'm like reading along and then the book says do you want to interview this person or do you want to go check out this location if you want to do that turn to page whatever if you want to do this turn to page whatever and then you flip to like that page and you start reading that section of the book and it's so it's sort of a that's why it's the choose your own adventure it's almost like organ trail or something right you're like selecting w- what your choices are and where you want to go to the book and you have to like keep doing that until you find the end of the book if that makes sense um so that one has sort of that element of like the book talking to the reader Okay, so we're going to do a little crossover. There's a board game out that is a choose-your-own-adventure board game type thing, and it is not good. <laughs> we we trialed it at Gen Con this last year, and we got up from the table, and we're like, that was not fun. I don't think I've heard of this board game. I'm I don't not sure what you're talking about. It's called House of Danger. Oh, okay. You like blocked it from your memory? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. But anyways, but yeah, no, that, that's a really good point. Like, it, you know, it, it's more interactive, I think. Like, yeah. Right, pretty much any second person, you know, it's a recipe, choose your own adventure. It's very interactive. So, but the, the, the thing is, is we haven't read a lot of these. So if yeah. you're listening and you know of one, shoot us a message or shoot us an email, reach out to us and let us know and we'll check it out because... It, it is it is kind of interesting, and I would love to see it done well. For sure. Which which would be kind of cool. You want to move into the, the, the meaty category, the third person? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. And, and, and again, we probably haven't read a lot of second person because that's not a heavy 
tense for the fantasy genre, right? And that's mostly where we land in maybe like 75, 80% fantasy with like the remainder in sci-fi. We do dabble in the sci-fi. And actually, you know, now that I'm even saying that, it's something like I only have one fantasy book in my top five. So maybe I should reevaluate if I'm really a fantasy fan or not. Or maybe you should read more sci-fi. Yeah. Or maybe I should read more sci-fi. But anyway, yeah, so third person, um, again, from schooling, you remember that's like they, he, she. This is this is the most common that you would think of when a, when a book is telling you a story. Um, so the, the key here in the third person category is narrative distance, which is the concept of how, how, how much in the head of the character am I in this given chapter, right? So Harry Potter, we've talked about already, but since so many people are familiar with it, it's really easy to, to talk about, is written almost exclusively from Harry's point of view, right? It's not an I statement. It's still third person, but you only know Harry's internal monologue and really no other characters. So it has a very close narrative distance, which builds a very intimate relationship between you and Harry. And you can contrast that to like to like Lord of the Rings, which has a very far narrative distance in that you don't really know many characters' internal monologues. I think even if any at all, I, I can't really remember many. And so it you don't build quite, and you can think of that when you build, when you look through Lord of the Rings, it's like, I love these characters, but like, do I, do I have a, personal relationship with them like maybe maybe not but it's definitely harder to build than you would with like harry who you like latch onto him yeah and i i think that that brings up a good point the the limited versus the 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 omniscient I, mm-hmm. did i say that right yeah okay yeah cool. you did omniscient yeah, yeah. so um and, and there i think there are more from the limited point of view yeah and, and there are in that there's the the single point of view which is harry potter and i mean they, they do just because i don't want anyone to yell at us they do do a couple of you know, chapters kind of later in the series or earlier in the series, like very early in the series that are from, you know, kind of Hagrid's point of view in the beginning. And then kind of towards the end, you know, you see Voldemort's kind of point of view and some of the beginning chapters just kind of set up because it'd be really hard for Harry because, you know, towards the end of the book, he's kind of secluded from whatever's going on. So it'd be really hard to try and portray what is going on in the outside world without bringing in another person's you know, viewpoint, but yeah. the majority of the book, I mean, 95% of the book is written from Harry's viewpoint. Right. And, and and then to contrast that, the, the multiple point of views, like uh, a song of ice and fire does this really well, which yeah. everyone probably knows this is game of Thrones does this where each chapter is told from a different point of view. And this, the, I mean, Sanderson does this a lot. Yeah. The, uh, the demon cycle, um, the demon cycle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that one is closer because there's only like three characters uh well it grows from there but at the start there's really only three characters that you're hearing their point of view and so you feel again intimate with these like three characters um whereas like a song of ice and fire there's like so many characters going on that you find yourself like aching to get back to the character that you like right which we've talked about so so a demon cycle by peter brett yeah uh give give us a little synopsis of this just in case people haven't read it oh yeah yeah and the demon cycle in general was one that almost landed on my top five except for i couldn't pick a favorite book um, but if I had to pick favorite series, this might make a run for it. Um, so the Demon Cycle is, uh, the first one's called The Warded Man. Um, and I think we did talk about this just a little bit in the Hard Magic versus Soft Magic episode four. But the the concept is basically that humanity has like crumbled um, and there's these demons that come out every night um, and they have like really scary powers that no one understands. And they have these, what they call defensive wards that protect them from demons. And they kind of make a shield. Like, so they'll like ward their house to keep their house safe. So the demons can't attack them at night, but if they step outside the wards, the demons can get them. Um, and then there's a man, the warded man who sort of starts tattooing. Um, and this is again, not a spoiler. It's like the cover art. So like you figure this out just by looking at the book, um, but he starts tattooing the wards on his 
flesh um, so that he's partially protected and he can go like hit them with like the wards that like rebuff them and like try and do damage to demons and stuff like that. So he kind of starts like fighting them and that's kind of the world that it's set in. Yeah, absolutely. And so so the multiple point of view can be taken two different ways. So the Ward of Man does it where half the book is told from one point of view and then the second half of the book and it, it's like it's yeah. not chapter by chapter. It is, you know, the the first 15 hours of the audiobook is told from one person's point of view and the second 15 hours is told from a second point of view. Yeah. And contrasted to A Song of Ice and Fire where every chapter, which is each chapter is about 15 hours in that book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just feels like it. But so <laughs> but 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 each chapter in that book is told from a different perspective. Yeah. And like you said, the demon cycle has a lot fewer characters that the perspective is told from because like A Song of Ice and Fire, like I am so glad I watched the TV show first. Yeah. Because it would have been brutal to try and remember all the characters yeah that, that are just lot, going yeah. on yeah and i mean he even gets to so many characters point of views that he starts break he starts not telling stories in some of the books from or not telling people's point of view from in some of the books just because he's he doesn't have that much he needs to right. progress one right. story you will, each forward. character would only get like one chapter if he right. told every character yeah and, and that's why a lot of people don't necessarily like the fourth book of uh, a song of ice and fire because it does it it, it doesn't tell the story from the the beloved characters okay so we've been talking a lot about third person um i think we've been focused mostly on what we would call third person limited which is again like in any given chapter you are limited by one or maybe not in every given chapter but in any given scene or something like that you're, you're limited by one character's point of view and so the author can only kind of write from like that character's point of view um, so comparing that against like third person, like omniscient, which is the narrator telling the story knows everything instead of just like knowing what is known by like one character. What are some of the benefits to doing third person limited? <laughs> it, it it can add to the suspense and also, um, especially like what we see in Song of Ice and Fire, where you know you're jumping so often between mm -hmm. characters. Yeah, is that you 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 as the reader understand more of what's going on than the individual characters, which which I think is a kind of cool concept. Because okay, so like in in the first book of a game of or the a Game of Thrones, the first book of the Song and Ice and Fire series, I almost there you go. I almost did it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're a good podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're fine. So, <laughs> but okay, so what what they do, and and I'm not gonna mark this a spoiler. If you haven't read it, it it, it doesn't give away anything, but it's just kind of a cool application of George R. R. Martin's writing style. Is when at, at the very beginning. The, the book kind of starts out with King Robert coming up to Winterfell to meet with uh, the the Starks and ask right. Ned Stark to be the Hand of the King. During that scene, or during during that, epi that, that, that episode, I'm talking show now, <laughs> during, during, during that trip, Bran, which is the, the youngest, or the, the second youngest son of the Starks, is, is climbing around and, uh, and sees two people doing what, something that they shouldn't be doing. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so so he sees the queen having sex with a, a, another person right and in, in this scene the other person then pushes bran out the window and he he kind of goes unconscious and th this all happens he survives though and so he's laying in bed unconscious and while he's laying in bed unconscious an assassin is sent to kill brandon stark in his bed right which is bran Bran, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, Bran in, in in his bed, and so so, and and what you find out is that the knife used by the assassin to kill Bran, it actually belongs to another character. So when you when you jump into that character's narration, he does not know because he lost the dagger. He doesn't know that you know everyone thinks that he now 
tried to kill this person. And right. so it, it's kind of a cool because you you know what everyone else is thinking about him and he does not know that. Right. And then on the other side, when you're listening to those characters who are holding the knife, right, you know that like that is not his fault. Right. But they don't think that. And so you get to kind of like, yeah, you get to know all of the elements of the intrigue, but get to experience only what that character is kind of like thinking through. It's a really cool. Um, and he is honestly one of, the, if not the best at implementing that specific element of or advantage, I guess I should say, of the third person limited. And, and, and I, I agree with that. And it also benefits multiple reads, I think, because it, yeah. once you know what is going on and what has progressed further down the story. You, you, you can kind of take a step back and it's like, okay, I'm reading from Tyrion's perspective at this point, and you know what Daenerys is doing like further down the line. So you know what actions Tyrion is taking and what action Daenerys is doing at the same time. So, I mean, it's, it's just kind of a cool because each time you read it, you pick up on a couple more things and yeah. like rereading through it right now, which is the third time I've read through uh, Song of Ice and Fire series, I'm still picking up new things, which which is just yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. And, and you know, it, 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 I, I really enjoy that from a third-person narrative. I, I would say that the third-person limited is my favorite style to read or I yeah. listen to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife they, always calls me out on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just because... I, I do like to read books multiple times and then like, you know, you get to play. It's like, Ooh, Ooh, I know what's happening. I know what's happening and he yeah. doesn't. So let's see how this unfolds. And you can almost kind of like, Oh, you can kind of predict where it's going to go. And what I really like and what Martin does sometimes is like some of my predictions have been completely off. And and that just is because I don't understand the character as much as I thought I did. Yeah, absolutely. So I know like you, you've told me before and, and I think actually you talked about it in the top five books episode like this is your favorite so I, I want to challenge you a little bit is there is there a downside to no. this narration <laughs> absolutely not in no world yeah so okay but but, but for real yes because there, there, <laughs> I can think of one so I'm curious if you can think of one yeah so I would say the main downside in the in this narration style which is the the benefit of the first person is it's less personal yeah so I, I don't relate to the characters as much I do after multiple reads and I do after watching the TV series and I do, you know, after all of this, but it's not that instant connection. I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't have an instant connection with any of the game of Thrones characters that, right. that survived. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so, I mean, like I did have an instant connection with Mark Wal Mark Waldby. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg is <laughs> the actor who plays Mark Watney. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Okay, cool. So, in the Martian, no, no, no one's listening at this point, so it's fine. <laughs> but, but yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't have that instant connection. I, I did with Harry Potter. I yeah. did with Pendragon, and but like, I don't necessarily have that instant connection with Mark or Courtney, which yeah. are which is told from the third person's pr perspective in the pin dragon series so yeah. i i that that would be my downside what you said you had one what was that yeah i do yeah and it's i think i think this comes up specifically because we read so many hard magic system books um but in a hard magic system book and and, and i guess it's true for other books you, you the author has to be able to portray absolute truth to the reader i um, mean this is something specific to the fantasy realm like there are mystery novels where and, and other genres where you can have sort of like an untrustworthy narrator, right? Where as the reader, you know, the information I'm getting is either incomplete or untrustworthy in some way. That can become challenging when, and I think I'm, this is probably like really forefront in my mind because the Lightbringer series, which I just read through and finished, kind of struggled with this, where basically the author would have a need to explain a mechanic of the magic system to the reader. 
and would choose to do that through an untrustworthy character. And so now, because like I'm only experiencing this through the lens of whatever character like is selected for this scene, right? Because again, it's another third person limited. Um, so you're, there's like four characters in the Lightbringer, which you kind of hear them through through their perspectives. It, it branches out to more, but like four or five key, like key ones. Um, and if this character doesn't have a good relationship with that character, but that character is trying to tell me the reader something that is absolutely true. Then, then that message can kind of get muddled or lost. And I end up having to wait like half the book to like see that again, to make sure that like it does in fact work that way. Whereas like in a, in a third person omniscient where the narrator is sort of fully removed from a character. And so you're not hearing the character's internal monologue, but the narrator is like its own character. It's someone who's telling you the story again, like think like, uh, like Lord of the Rings, think uh, the other basically the other perspectives that aren't Harry Potter, right? So anytime it's not told from Harry's perspective, going back to The Martian, which we've referenced several times, anytime it's not NASA and it's not Mark Watney, but it's the other things that are happening, it's told in, in a fact, in, in a way that comes across as a fact, right? So the reader can trust it. And, and that I think is just really useful, but you need something that's other than just like a character hearing something and having to filter it through, do I trust this person? Uh, okay, yeah, bef- before we kind of close out, I, I, I said that my favorite kind of narration style is the third person limited do you have what? what's your favorite narration style do you like that as well yeah so for i think third person limited is the easiest to do well like there aren't many pitfalls with it um and so it can be it can be effective um but i personally i want to build intimate relationships with characters so if it is a third person limited i want it to be the demon cycle um the inheritance series you know something like that, that that's aragon uh, right so that there's only yeah i know i know you love that series you do yes <laughs> yes it's a great i mean who doesn't love dragons and want to have like this intimate relationship with a dragon right that's another series i have to reread thanks told yeah i'm working i would love that because like i think we have like the last three on but we don't have aragon on audible we have like the, the or actually we may only have like a uh, brisinger or brisinger however you say that and inheritance fire fire in elvish or whatever yeah um but anyway like you know series like that that have like a limited number of characters that you are hearing their perspective from personally i get frustrated in game of thrones because it's like okay this is a cool way to tell a story but it's too much for me personally even like stormlight archives and some other things kind of push the boundary it's like i want like two or maybe three you can you can convince me to have four characters that i'm like trying to build a relationship with and then past that it's like okay I'm losing the connection. So if it's, anyways, if it's third person limited, I want it to be small. And actually, I would go so far as to say probably Red Rising has my favorite narration style of, of the first person present tense. I just think it's super difficult to do because you do have to filter everything through the, the person's perspective. You can't give absolute truths, right? And you can only, you can't give worldview. You can't give what's happening in the rest of the universe. You can only give what's given through this like one person. So super hard to do. Uh, but when it's done well, I just get, I get so connected to the book. I get so immersed in it and I just, I love it. Yeah. And so you actually mentioned uh, the Stormlight Archives, which I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised with how little we have talked about Sanderson's work. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. In, in this. So I just want to give a, a shout out to Brandon Sanderson because he does all of these amazingly, but mainly the third person limited is yeah. how he writes the majority of his books. Yeah. And, and from multiple point of views. So, the uh, the Stormlight Archive series, he he does even kind of more, may, maybe not, but like a little bit more than like the Demon Cycle, where yeah. each book is based off of one character. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so, I so do like, like that. Uh, but like, so you know, book one is about Kaladin, 
and, mm-hmm. and it progresses yeah. through multiple different characters. I don't, I don't want to get into what characters they are because it's right. kind of a mystery, right? But so, you know. But, and, and you're right. It's not only that character, but it's kind of like focused on them. Like they get more chapters than everybody else. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it does give that, I think, you know, you enjoy that because you are able to focus a lot better than I am. I love Kaladin. No. Yeah. 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 I, I, well, I was talking about like the, uh, you like the, the narration styles that only focus on like two oh, yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I am like, I, I, anyone who actually like knows me or sits down with me realizes that, you know, I, I do like talking about things. I do like doing things, but like, I, I don't know. I just like, I have a hard time focusing on like one thing at a time. Oh, and so, yeah. <laughs> so like, Oh cool. New things, new yeah. shiny toy. Limited attention span. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ooh, Tyrion. Ooh, Daenerys. Ooh, Jon Snow. Like, <laughs> like I forget about it. the good thing about it is when you like come back to it, you're like, I forgot this was happening. <laughs> like, Go team. Yeah. yeah. Woo. <laughs> For anyone who's noticed, I've finished the 16% beer. So <laughs> <laughs> onto the side, it's not another 16%, but it is a second beer. So since we're talking about Sanderson, he does, you're right, he does almost all of his books from third person, but I really liked the, the first book is Steelheart. I can't remember the name of the series. Is it Reckoners? Reckoners, yeah. Reckoners yeah, yeah. series, because that is told first person, right? Well. It, it's at least, it, it's at least third person limited to a single to character. To a single character, if it's not. It's been like a couple years since I listened to that series. But yeah, third person limited to a single character, like it gives me that feeling of a really intimate relationship, which I really like with a hero of a story. And I believe Mistborn does that as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Except for uh, you do get two. You get Kelsier and you get Vin. That okay, yeah, that is yeah, correct. But but extremely limited. Yeah, and that's I love Mistborn for that reason, that it's like just these two characters. And and I feel like you're 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 limited to basically one storyline almost because Kelsier and Vin know each other and they are working yeah. together. Yeah. And so like, you know, to contrast any of the other ones where it's they're they're on opposite sides of the continent. So you're getting the world building through that. Whereas, yeah. you know, with Vin and Kelsier, you're you're kind of limited to the the world building yeah and sanderson does a really good job of building out a world through one character i I yeah and in speaking of speaking of that just another another extremely close narration and and again i can't remember quite if it's first person or if it's just like third person but only focus on this one character ready player one we haven't talked a whole lot about ready player one we talked about it a little bit actually of from my uh from my icebreaker question um, i think from last episode um, or maybe the one before, but anyway, where uh, Ready Player One is a is a character. The the main character is fully immersed in a virtual reality video game, and basically there's like a prize, and it, it it it's so well done. There's there's a prize for like figuring out this like super complicated puzzle that's inherent to the video game that like the creator kind of left as this like nest egg. It has these awesome like '80s themes because it's like written slightly in the future, and so like kind of '80s retro ha- has come back as like a fad, and so like the the book has references to like old D and D and like a ton of music, eighties music references. And like, I, it's, it's just so fun to read from that perspective. Cause you're like kind of getting all these like real references um, that are just kind of like fun to read along to. Yeah. So I, I actually really hope that they do a movie of that one someday. I thought they did. No, th- no, they didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <you're- laughs> that took me a second. You're just choosing to ignore. This is yeah. This is like season seven, eight of Game of Thrones. This is like season nine of Scrubs. Yeah, it just doesn't exist. Yeah, okay, same. Yeah, I really hope they do an Ender's Game movie someday too. That would be fantastic. That would be so good. Yeah, I really hope they do live action Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway. And that's the end of the podcast forever. Cool. Okay. (laughs) It was fun while it lasted. Was it though? 
It, it, no, I it, it, had yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. Anyway, <laughs> all I have to do is drink and with you and I have fun. We talk about stuff. But anyway, Ready Player One, very highly recommend it. It hits for me the like the ver- the extreme closeness of narration that like builds a really strong relationship with the main character. Super fun read. Highly recommend. It's also like not that long. It's like 22 hours, something like that. And it's a standalone, right? So yeah, you're, standalone. you're not committing to anything. Right. Uh, right. You're, you're just kind of dating, you know. <laughs> just just take it out take it out for a dinner or two see how it goes you know no no long-term commitment here so uh that that's our conversation on narration styles that we had uh if, if you have any suggestions for any other types of narration styles so either in the first person second person i'd really love some second person like if there's yeah. some good books out there that are second person i'd love to read that i, I just think that'd be interesting yep. or, or the third person just shoot us some suggestions if you don't think we've read it or if we haven't mentioned it Throw it out there because we, we I mean, we're, we're always looking for more books. Like I mentioned earlier, I've got three credits to Audible. Yep. And <laughs> I, will, I will have more. Burn so in a hole in your pocket. And, and I would say with this pocket, we intentionally stayed pretty high level, right? There's a, there's a lot of granularity that you can get into with. And so if you're an English major and you like write books for a living, I'm so sorry because we absolutely, we absolutely did not do you justice here. Um, but our goal was to kind of give some, again, some context so that when, when we're talking about these books and we make a recommendation that says like, Hey, you, you like books that have, that are viewed through this lens. Hopefully this gives you some like intelligent way to have that conversation kind of thing. So, yeah, absolutely. So Reach out to us on social media. We are on Instagram, Fantasy, and Some Flights. We're on Twitter, yep. at and Some Flights. We have, uh, oh, shoot. Uh, oh, email. That's what email, it's called. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, it's this new thing. It's this new social media that's coming out. Uh, <laughs> you send someone a message directly, and it takes forever to get to them. It's awesome. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah really, really cool. <laughs> but yeah, so we're, we're Fantasy and Some Flights at gmail.com. Are yep, you, that's it. Do, do you think they're sensing a theme? I think they're sensing a I theme. I think they're here. sensing a theme. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're we're also able to be contacted on our website. Guess it. Um fantasy and some flights dot com. Nailed it, Nailed man. It. Nailed it. So <laughs> But yeah, so You'll the, see, by the way, pictures of cats, my cats specifically, on the Instagram. Um and it like it embeds in the website. So I'm just gonna use that just kind of a little token to bribe you to visit those. Yeah. And you just had to mention your cats. Yeah, yeah, I did. You you have your can you will you tell the names of your cats because yeah. I love your name. Yeah, we have cats. a white one named Apollo um and a red one. You know like we could call him red. All like red cats are orange, but he's red uh, named Aries. So white for the Apollo uh, the moon missions, red Aries is Mars. Um also like obviously like they're gods, you know. He's the god of war and the god of music. And they run this household now. So Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> I uh he, he, one is Don't, smart, one is cute. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Apollo is really, really smart, and Ares, thank God he's cute. Thank God so, he's cute. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one in the photos. <laughs> yeah, he is. But I need to get some cat or some pictures of my cats up there. The yeah. my cats. There are have, four in your household. Oh shoot, that's right. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about the other two. Yeah, only two of them. <laughs> yeah, they're quiet. They stay kind of in their room. Yeah, but yeah, there are four in the household. So yeah, we got so we got Pop Tart, Strudel, Red, and Spooky. Yeah. So, <laughs> Powder and Strudel are mine. So, anyways, um, yeah, breakfast pastry themed. Yeah, where, where, what were we talking about? We were ending the podcast. Oh yeah, uh, oh, that's sad. That is that sad. Is sad, right? But it's okay. We'll be back. I, I hope you guys too. are sad too. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, reach out to us. Reach out. Uh, one of the other things that we're we we have started doing is we are asking these icebreaker questions uh, each episode, and we we have set up 
mainly Instagram because I know how to do that one. But I, I want I to do <laughs> any other way. Uh, shoot us an icebreaker question. Yeah, you could Ta- email it to us. You could you could drop it on yeah. the Instagram. Yeah. Or, or on Twitter. Uh, tag it with like, you know, icebreaker because I don't necessarily want to read it that much. But if you go to our Instagram profile, we uh, we, we have a... Uh, a little highlight there on our stories that has a, Hey, submit an icebreaker question. And what we'll do is we'll not read those or we'll, we'll read them just to make sure you didn't, you know, make fun of us or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're not being too mean. Yeah, exactly. But, but you know, we want to kind of open this up, be it more communal. We're, we're starting to get a couple more listeners, which is kind of fun. Like I, I, I'm loving this. Right. So, but so send us some icebreaker questions and, and we will read them for the first time. At least one of us will read them for the first time on the next episode. Yeah. And then we'll both have to answer and neither of us will have prepared. Exactly. And you'll yeah. be exposed to how great that is. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, <laughs> and then we will come back three weeks later on Twitter and fix ourselves. So yeah. <laughs> uh, if there's any, not anything else that you wanted to talk about on the uh, the narration cells, I think we're going to call this a wrap. Yep. So uh, cheers, buddy. Cheers. <laughs>